Hey, yo, the Deej. Yeah? Did you finish your homework? Yes. Did you do your chores? Yes. Even the dog poo? Yes. Do you want to watch a movie? Sure. What are we watching? No, I won't be afraid. Oh, I won't be afraid. Just as long as you stand, stand by me. So don't. Mickey's a mouse, Donald's a duck, Pluto's a dog. What's Goofy? If I can only have one food for the rest of my life, that's easy. Pass. Cherry flavor pass. No question about it. Goofy's a dog. He's definitely a dog. I knew the $64,000 question was fixed. There's no way anybody can know that much about opera. Ladies and gentlemen. Hello! And welcome back to Movies My Dad Made Me Watch. And it's episode 11! 11! 11! I don't know why that number's more significant than 10, but anyway. I don't know, it just felt like it needed an echo. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Well, we are back with another movie, guys. Today, we are talking about another coming-of-age film, uh, you know, dealing with... Dudes, basically. (laughs) (laughs) Young boys, you know, being silly. Uh, We're talking about Stand By Me today. Woohoo! This movie was absolutely fantastic. DJ, this was the first time watching this movie. How'd you feel about it? It was really good. Some bits are extremely emotional. Yeah. But, like, everything I talk about is, like, stuff, like, young boys my age would, like, actually talk about and, like, do. I I think so. And he even mentions it in, in, uh, in the movie... Um, where the narrator kind of says, um, you know, they had conversations, you know, that were important to them at their time. He also says something else that we can't quite <laughs> talk about uh, on the podcast because of the uh, the ages. Uh, however, um, this was, uh, and I will say, ladies and gentlemen, this movie is rated R. Um, however, it mostly deals with, you know, cussing and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It's another good kid cussing movie. Yeah. <laughs> There's some really good uh, kid cussing. Like some, it's mainly that and, like, some references to stuff. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if you feel comfortable uh, having shown your child this movie, um, DJ obviously is 11 and he's right around the age that, mm-hmm. you know, these guys are in this movie. So I can uh, understand a lot of what they're going through. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we're going to actually just jump right into uh, the, the um, well... The, the non-important things, as my son would Actually, like to reference. <laughs> I think it's non-needed. Oh. oh. <laughs> wow. So now you're just trying to kick me out of the whole pod itself. No, 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 no. You can be there to comment on what I say. Oh, get out of here. Anyway, uh, Stand By Movie, uh, excuse me, Stand By Me, <laughs> was released in the summer of 1986. It was directed by Rob Reiner. Uh, it was his third film, I believe, that he's done. Um, and he did some, or he has done some amazing films. Um, a couple of them are, uh, this is Spinal Tap, uh, which is a movie. It's a kind of like a mockumentary where they talk about how bands kind of, you know, go on tour mm-hmm. and stuff. And it actually has Christopher Guest in it. Do you oh, remember nice. Christopher yeah, Guest? I was yeah, talking yeah. About? yeah, he's like, ex- he's in the movie and, uh, Rob Reiner kind of shoots it as like a mockumentary basically on nice. it. It's freaking hilarious i can't wait to show you he's also done a few good men which is also one of my favorite movies uh the american president and of course the princess bride which we'll be watching on this pod here coming up very soon um this movie was written by bruce a evans and Ronald uh gideon the musical score was done by uh, D- uh jack nietzsche then rob reiner kind of went ham on the soundtrack itself. Uh, you, you can uh, tell. <laughs> he went, you know, he did everything from uh, Every Day by Buddy Holly, uh, Lollipop, Yakety Yak, Great Balls mm-hmm. of Fire. Then, of course, there was, you know, Stand By Me mm-hmm. from uh, Benny King, what is um, a fantastic song. And they put it perfectly mm-hmm. in this movie, too. And actually, funny, right before we watched this movie, me and Dad listened to it together because I'd never heard it before. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I played it before uh, for you, but like not, like, we don't, you know, yeah. we don't play it like I play The Clash for you, you or know what I mean? Which is, matter. you know, probably my fault because mm-hmm. this is a great age of music. Um, the movie starred some absolute juggernaut 
actors from the 80s, especially 80s kids. Uh, we have uh, Will Wheaton, who played Gordon. You know Will Wheaton more from uh, Star Trek The Next Generation. He was the young kid uh, in there. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. You also had Corey Feldman, who played uh, Daddy uh, Teddy Duchamp. Okay. Uh, Jerry O'Connell as Vern. And then, of course, we had the impeccable Rev- River Phoenix, who we lost way, way too early. He was unfortunately... Um, an addict and he suffered an overdose. And, um, I think we really, really lost one of the more talented people in this world. And it's very sad. Um, his brother, uh, we actually, you know, his brother, his brother is Joaquin Phoenix. Seriously? Oh yeah, dude. And they, he is a phenomenal actor as, as we know, but just imagine like river was better. In my opinion, of mm-hmm. course. Anyhow, we also had Richard Dreyfus, and Richard Dreyfus played the adult Gordon. Okay. Uh, Kiefer Sutherland uh, played Ace. I don't think you know Kiefer Sutherland too much. Um, he's been in a couple movies. Well, he's been in a lot of movies, but I don't think I've shown you anyway. Anyway, uh, and then, of course, we had John Cusack, who played the older brother of Gordon, Denny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, tough. The movie budget uh, was between uh, $7.5 and $8 million. At the end of its run, it made $52.3 million, and I think that's definitely a success in my book. The movie was based off of a novella called The Body, which was by Stephen King. Uh, oh, the movie... wonderful. That man's mind. <laughs> yeah, that dude is Insane. Stephen King's on another level. Uh, the movie was nominated for an Oscar for Best Adapted Screenplay, which was... Um, uh, based yeah, off the yeah. body. Uh, it, uh, however, lost to a movie called A Room with a View, which I'm not too familiar with it. I know it's got uh, Hel- Bo- Helena Bottom Carter is in it, and then, of course, one of my favorite actors, Daniel Day-Lewis, is in the movie. But I don't know if I've ever seen it, to be honest. Anyway, uh, Stephen King was really impressed by the film. Hmm. <clears throat> Pardon me. On the uh, special features of the 25th anniversary edition of the movie, King says that it's the first successful translation to film of any of his work. And a lot of his books has become movies. It, for example, was a book. Yeah. Um, which you haven't seen yet, but you know it, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple of other ones that came like Pet Cemetery. Um, you had Cujo. You had Christine, which was about a um, a vehicle, like a murderous vehicle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, wait till you freaking see that movie, dude. That movie is a trip. Um, anyhow... Um, according to an interview conducted by Gene Siskel, uh, who was a famous movie critic, um, Rob Reiner had a private showing, uh, before it was released and King Mm -hmm. excused himself for about 15 minutes to compose himself, um, after had seen the movie. He later returned to say that's the best film ever made out of anything I've ever written, which isn't saying much. But you captured my story. It is autobiographical. That's what Stephen King said. Yeah. Uh, That's what they were going for. Yeah, I I think so too. And I I think it really choked him up. Uh, Rob Reiner went on to say that this movie is his personal favorite movie out of all the movies that he's done. Oh, then again, I think if you get recognition from Stephen King, you're, you're, you're doing all right. I, I absolutely agree. And, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that is the uh, business side of the movie. No, on to uh, the movie. We <laughs> <laughs> oh, opened the film with Richard Dreyfuss, is that how you say Yeah, Richard Dreyfuss, yeah. And singing a sweet ride. Uh, yeah, I want to know what that ride is. It's like a like a like a Land Cruiser or it's, maybe like a Range Rover yeah, or something. It looks very interesting, but I, I mean, I, I, I like it. it. No, yeah, no, yeah, it's I'll really really it. cool. Yeah, absolutely. And then the scene shows him looking at a newspaper, which may or may not be important. Later. Yeah, yeah, because uh, there's a name that pops up in there, isn't there? Mm-hmm. Yep. But we'll touch on that in a little bit. <laughs> He starts to tell us about the summer of 1959, and we learn he, he sees a dead body during that time. Mm-hmm. And this is the first shot of Will Wheaton, who plays the younger Gordon, who is the narrator, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then we learn he lives in a little town called, in Oregon, excuse me, called Castle Rock. He walks over to the treehouse, and we meet two more of the gang. River Phoenix, who plays Chris Chambers and Corey Haim. 
Yep, Corey Haim. Yep, exactly. Who plays Teddy. And then the oh, first... no, no, no. I'm sorry. Not Corey Haim. Oh, my gosh. That's the other Corey. Uh, Corey Feldman is in Corey this movie. Feldman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The, I'm sorry. There was two Coreys back in the 80s and early 90s that kind mm-hmm. of grew up together. Corey Haim and Corey Feldman. Mm-hmm. They ended up doing, like, a bunch of movies. I can't believe I mixed that up. That's totally my bad. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's all right. It's all right. And the Frenchman joke is pretty much stuck. Oh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> yes, right. We can't repeat it on the podcast. <laughs> and then Teddy is mad because he is a Frenchman. Yeah. Which, I mean, understandably so. <laughs> Is this how silly boys used to talk back in the day, Dad? 100%. Like, these jokes that these kids were doing, I was absolutely doing these same mm-hmm. jokes when I was 11 and 12 years old. Oh, 100%. Okay. These are boys playing cards in the 1950s, and they're just chiefing butts. I, man, it's such a different time. It's 100% a different time. Like, these kids, <laughs> like, he's got the, the smokes, like, rolled up yeah. in his sleeve and, like, the whole bit. It's just a different time, dude. Like, kids... Don't smoke. No. Matter of fact, adults, Don't if you smoke. can, quit smoking. It's a whole lot healthier. I did it. And look at you now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not much has improved, but I've stopped smoking. <laughs> and then um, the kid cussing. It's a little harder than Sandlot. Oh. Just a little bit. Oh, uh, no, no, no. We go extreme kick cussing in this movie. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, it's, it's, it's pretty hardcore, that's for sure. Teddy is nuts. Oh, he's off his rocket. And we're, we're, we're going to see that later. Absolutely. <laughs> and Chris seems really cool, and Gordon seems kind of like a bookworm, which I can relate to. Yeah, I, I, he's a, a deep thinker, for mm-hmm. sure. We also learned Teddy's dad is a little bit of a jerk. I mean, talk about the ear. Yeah, but, you know, we kind of find out, and I'm not excusing his dad or his behavior at Mm -hmm. all, but we kind of find out a little bit later on in the movie as to why maybe his dad kind of acts a certain way. That's a little... Yeah, yeah, I think so. I I, I definitely think there was some mental health issues that his dad was dealing with, which we find out why later on. Then we meet Vern, and Vern is played by Jerry Mm O'Connell. Vern... Does not know the secret knock. That's like the one thing you need to remember. Bro, if you're going to go to a secret hangout, okay, mm-hmm. which by the way, Sweet Treehouse, mm-hmm. once again, back to back movies with dope tree houses. Mm-hmm. Sorry, please continue. Oh, well, actually, I want to go off a little bit. Yeah. How is no one seeing smoke coming out of that little place? What, like from the cigarettes? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, well, I- maybe they just don't care because, you know, maybe just people, it's like 1959, that was the thing to do. I don't know. Yeah. And Dad says he needs to uh, ask some security questions. Well, yeah. Like, if you don't know the secret knock, then there's a several, like, a list of security questions. Because you're not just going to come to the secret clubhouse. No. Okay? I'm sorry, buddy. You need to know the knock. Do we, do we need to do, like, an eyeball thing? An eyeball scan? <laughs> I don't think we had the technology back then, but totally if we did. <laughs> and then, um... Vern says he has an amazing story to share with them, but the boys keep singing just to bust his chops. Oh, absolutely. And then they try to devise a plan to camp out, and they have to make up stories to make it work. Yeah. um, Kids, don't lie to your parents, man. It's it's not what you want to do. It's it's not what you want to do. Look, if my son came to me and said, yo, dad, okay, might be going out, hanging out with the fellas, you know, know, the the dudes, you know, we're going to do. And if he tells me the real story, eight times out of ten, ladies and gentlemen... The kid's probably going to go because he's been truthful. All right? <laughs> Honestly. Just tell your kids the truth. Oh, and the other two times, that's just because he was a knucklehead and he's grounded. Honestly. <laughs> okay. I, I don't argue with that. <laughs> and then, the Vern, for some reason, Dad put the in the front. <laughs> I'm sorry. Ask the question, you guys want to go see a dead body? Oh, I mean. And the just like, what? Yeah. And then... He tells a story. He was underneath his house um, trying to find his pennies, which I get that your mom took him out. Well, no, his mom didn't take him out. So he buried the pennies like at the beginning of the school year mm-hmm. and um, he drew a treasure map. Mm-hmm. Well, his mom was cleaning his uh, room and they tossed out the treasure map. So apparently the whole summer he's been trying or the, was I think nine months they said <laughs> he's been trying to find those like a quart jar of pennies, which apparently is a lot of cash. I mean, I guess in the 1950s it was. Well, we come to find out, like, later on, yeah. like, you know, the kids pile up their money and, like, oh, crap. 
And then we hear that Ray Proward is a little kid that has gone missing. Mm-hmm. Vern hears that his bro and his friend saw the body. Yeah. But don't want to call the cops? Yeah, because I think the brothers were involved in, um, I think they stole a car. Mm-hmm. And the cops in the area know these kids, and they know these kids, and particularly these two, so don't have a think... car. So they were like, how did you guys get out there? Well, we find out later on yeah. how they could have got out there. Yeah, They could have, well, they could have made an anonymous phone call, I mm-hmm. think. Teddy knows, and Teddy actually knows the area they're talking about. Yeah. And then they find out, or and then they think... Finding the body will make them heroes, so they devise a plan to go find it. And they all agree, but Vern is not totally convinced to come. It's your idea! (laughs) Teach! How does the guy that comes up with the idea now not want to go to do it? Like, Mm -hmm. this makes no sense. See, Vern... You know, I'm going to save the question for at the end, Mm -hmm. but like... Oh, Vern is annoying. He really is annoying. Especially at this point. Mm -hmm. We learned that Gordon's bro passed, which is very sad. Mm -hmm. Um, Two seconds of silencers, bro. Yeah. Rest in peace, Danny. Back to the movie. (laughs) Gordon has become the invisible child. I guess his parents are the invisible man and woman. Well, yeah. um, His mom is definitely non-existent Mm -hmm. anymore uh i think with the loss of denny it really hurt her and of course his dad who we find out later is a complete jerk uh butthead oh he's awful um and you can kind of see that uh it's just adding kind of to his attitude already Mm -hmm. and then apparently gordon's bro was the quote-unquote good kid yeah well yeah he was the star athlete um, you know, I guess he did good in, in schooling as well and was on his way to possibly getting scouted to go to like a division one school or something on a scholarship. So, yeah, I guess you could say that. We learned that John Cusack, Cusack, uh, Cusack, Cusack mm-hmm. uh, plays the old, or is the, is his older brother. Right. And dad, as you heard, loves him and yeah. is also a Yankees fan. Is he in real life? Uh, no, actually, he's from Chicago. I want to say he's a, like a diehard Cubs fan, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, they won a, the World Series. A couple of years ago, yeah, yeah. but it took them it took 100 them plus years to get back to there. Yeah, those poor slubs. And then I, and then kids hitchhiking. Yeah. Yeah, dude, like I said, different time. Like, you could literally just hitch a ride with someone, mm-hmm. which also... And and I know we're going to get to it later, but I, I want to mention it now, which also kind of like, wouldn't you just ask the guys to give you a ride mm-hmm. as opposed to, and I'm not opposed to a hike. No. You know what I mean? Especially through some of that beautiful, I mean, my oh, yeah. goodness, Oregon is gorgeous. But yeah, man, I, I don't know. And then the gun scene. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do you want to be the Lone Star Ranger or the Cisco Kid? <laughs> hey, man, now let me tell you, that forty-five <laughs> is a sweet gun. You know what I mean? Like, look, I, I don't promote, you know, guns. Uh, like guns or, or, or anything like that. But a forty-five, let me tell you, that's a sweet pistol. Gordon fires the gun on accident and the reaction to the kid is... So, uh, we're gonna run. <laughs> and then the lady comes out and she's like, who's back here setting off cherry bombs? Like, no, that kid's shooting a forty-five behind the <laughs> red shot. <laughs> and then we meet Ace and Ivo. Yeah. Just the scummiest people on earth, man. And then Ace steals Gordon's hat, which is his bro's hat. Exactly. There are a lot of jerks in this movie already. We're, we're not even that far in. There's like several jerks. I mean, let me tell you, uh, Kiefer Sutherland plays Ace, mm-hmm. um, who I, I love Kiefer Sutherland. He's a great actor. But golly, he just plays a complete butthead in this entire movie. But I'm telling you right now, Eyeball, mm-hmm. who I can't remember the actor's real name, but mm-hmm. the guy who plays yeah, he's Chris is is, yeah. worse. Is worse. Because I don't care if you are my friend. You put a hand on my brother. Mm-hmm. It's lights out, buddy. Don't put your hands on my brother. And 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 do not put a cigarette butt near his face either. Yeah. Okay? Because I'm going crazy. And then the whole game 
the gang is now on the train tracks because they decide, you know what? After all this, we're just going to go. Yeah. And then the <laughs> and then Vern coming in with the comb, which I mean, I mean, I may, maybe. It, 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 it. So, well, you know, he's to make sure that everyone looks good if yeah. they get on TV. He's well, thinking ahead. <laughs> I'm not mad at Vern on this call. Although, then again, Teddy's the only one who actually has good hair. Uh, yeah, yeah, Teddy's got some good hair. Yeah, that's, that's for sure. That's, that's uh, some nice I, You know, I would say Gordy's got some all right hair, too. But, but, all right, though. but I mean, the mop that Teddy is rocking, mm-hmm. I'd not. It's good luck. And then the two for flinching game. It's funny and something that Dad does a lot to me. I do. I do. I still do that. <laughs> Why are you flinching? Two for flinching. <laughs> I did that for a part of the show. Because I have a big brain. Oh, man. Um, then we get a great shot of them looking down the track. Oh, I do. Yeah, and that then we long find shot. out it will be a 20, 30 mile, um, about 20, 30 mile of a walk. Yeah. It sounds like an amazing hike. I mean, I'm down, and plus my best buds are with me. Oh, heck yeah! I mean, I couldn't think of a lot of things better than hanging out with your best, like your best friends, Mm -hmm. and going on a hike, you know, like through country. Now, you know, of course, lying to your folks and everything else, you know what I mean? I I definitely did it. Mm -hmm. Um... But I just think what an invention it would be. You know, maybe not for the best reasons... Oh, yeah. You know? Let's but not talk about that. Right? I know, yeah. But I just think it would be an awesome adventure. And then we get a great scene of the kids singing, have a gun, will travel theme. Yeah. And then we find out that the kids didn't bring any food. The one thing you need. Let me tell you, okay? Vern, of all people. <laughs> He's just the worst. Doesn't bring a snack. Okay, like of all the people, he's like, like for hey, let, let's be real. Okay, we're gonna call it. Vern's a little round around the edges. Okay, my man likes eating. Well, you're gonna be gone for a day, yeah. or two possibly, uh, yeah, right? Right, right, right. We're not bringing a snack, a ho ho, a cupcake, something. Man, come on now, nobody. I mean, maybe. I mean, maybe Vern's trying to lose some weight. <laughs> maybe maybe and then um they end up collecting two dollars and 37 cents which i guess in 1959 was a decent pile of change i think it's I, I think you did good i think you did good there and then the train comes and we find out just how crazy teddy is the guy is out of his mind Although, Chris is an amazing dude and always there to help his homies out. Mm-hmm. Call cheese on the train. I know why. I'm just saying, I'm just going to give an average about how fast a train would go back then, right? I'll say 60, 70 miles. You think that's a good estimate per hour? Sure. Well, I'll go 100. I think that's just the best one. It's a simple number to work with. Um, You're telling me that this train's going 100 miles an hour. And and it doesn't hit him. It's like well, that's movie convenience. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know because I think Chris got there in enough time. And I don't know if it was going 100 miles an hour. I would probably go with your first guess. Probably like you know 50, 60 miles an hour somewhere around there. And I you know I think Chris got up there on that track in enough time to where it looked like it was close. But honestly, it it was a lot further away than what it actually was. I see where you're going, but I think that's just the standard way of travel for the train. And I just mm. think, you know, he just went a little bit nutso at that point. You know what I mean? Teddy, that is. And then Teddy says he doesn't want to be babysit, uh, babysitted. Mm-hmm. And then Chris disagrees and then asks to skin it. Which is an old school handshake, Dad. Yep. Give me some skin. All right. <laughs> it's a good handshake. Thanks, man. And then the mailbox scene is next, and Ace and the crew take turns hitting mailboxes from their posts. Dad wants to try to figure out the scoring system because it confuses him, but it looks fun. Uh, it, it does look fun. You know what I mean? It also looks very 
jerkish as well uh, because, you know, the guy has to replace, or, or the lady for that matter, has to replace the mailbox afterwards. However, I am confused on the scoring system. Like, why was Ace out when he hit one? Like, was it because there was still mail in it? And then I could get the foul ball one because the mailbox was still mm-hmm. attached, like, by that little thread. But anyway, I'm just curious about the scoring system for the mailbox baseball. Uh, I do not condone such behavior. <laughs> <laughs> And then we kind of um, hint towards the body, but we don't really talk about it. Um, yeah, because I think it was the two guys that yeah. originally found it. Yeah, and they're kind of, kind of feeling out the room. But one of them is just determined to mm-hmm. not to not tell him at all. And then the junkyard scene. Teddy is nuts. Super army crazy. Pretend he throws a bomb right over the fence. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, bro. I, I can see where you're going. Right. Milo, um, the owner of the junkyard, and his dog. His dog is super aggressive, and his command to bite certain areas, one in particular, is belonging only to guys, <laughs> and happens to be in the front lower region. <laughs> uh, Just saying, I believe it's. I don't uh... want that to be <laughs> yeah, no, uh, sick. Oh, man. I. Uh, anyway, I don't want to say it on the podcast, but it is hilarious. Okay. And then the boy's name is Chopper, which uh, explains something. The dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And apparently he's the mean. <clears throat> the dog's name, Chopper. The dog's name was Chopper, the meanest and least seen dog in Castle Rock. <laughs> That's a good narrator voice, Deej. Okay. I was trying to copy his voice because I remember it. Oh, okay. There and then you go. the guys jump the fence in hopes of not running into the dog or the owner. Chris and Gordon have a foot race. Chris is playing with Gordon, and then he beats him like a few steps up. It's just barely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's so messed up. He's sitting there keeping up with him, and Will wait or um, uh, Gordon looks like he is running flat out, struggling, <laughs> and. <laughs> And Chris is just like, can he do it? No, he just takes off. Like, ooh, that's cold-blooded. And then they're just hanging out, about talking about the Mickey Mouse Club. Yeah, and they say some rude things about um, uh, Annette. Oh, what was her name? I can't remember what her name was. From Anyway, from the Mickey Mouse Club. But just, just silly stuff that mm-hmm. 12-year-old boys talk about, man. And then just tossing rocks at a can and spin water out. It's just to remind you about... How simple it was to be that age. Nowadays, we have responsibilities. Oh, you better. What? You know, you have to do a couple of chores, okay? But for the most part, you are a kid. Mm-hmm. We don't put any kind of extra pressure on you, man, because we want you to be able to enjoy being 11 mm-hmm. years old. You know what I mean? Try not to put too much pressure on you. This school and this past year has done enough for that crap. And then... And thank you, Dad, by the way, for hey, the messages. Come on, man. You know I love you, my boy. And Teddy spin water at Vern was really... <laughs> that was, <laughs> was good. good. No, that was a good bit. And then we get... Uh, Four Tails apparently is a bad omen called a goocher. A <laughs> goocher! That sounds so bad! And then they reflip, and Gordon is the odd man out. Yeah, he is. And then the... S- shut up line? The what? The... Sub- the shut up line? Oh, yeah. the... Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I don't so, shut up. I, I grow, grow up, up. And, and when, when I, I look, look at, at you, you I, I throw, throw up. up. <laughs> hey, hey, that was good. That was really good, actually. <laughs> and then Gordon said something about their moms that we can't say. Yeah, well, yeah, it's yeah, it's but it's funny. <laughs> and then the corner store bit is really good. And the and the corner store guy is just like super nice, just like trying to bring up conversation so they can have like a little bit of a chat. Yeah. But of course, like everybody brings it up, he starts bringing it up about Denny and just, you know, kind of making it weird. And I think we have a flashback again Mm -hmm. right here. And then, um, before that. um, Oh, I'm sorry. Gordon looks like he, he gets a pound of ground beef and then gets, and then gets some, um, buns. So he can make a. Some yeah, for boigas. some some boigas. Yeah, <laughs> and then we have another flashback of his bro. As dad said, dad's being a super jerk, and his bro thinks he's he's a good writer, which yeah. may or may not come back full circle later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. And then he pays a buck and a half for four cokes, a pound of beef, 
and some buns. That's that's pretty good. I mean, that's a meal, bro. Yeah. Okay, like you know what I can get for a buck twenty five right now? A stick of daggone gum. All right, that's like, <laughs> like just the stick. That's just one, just one <laughs> stick for me. That's it. Dang, that's a good look, man. And then Gordon gets back to the junkyard, and you see the cruise is gone because Milo's back. And then Gordon gets into a foot race with Chopper. Not as big as we thought he would. Not as big as he thought he would be, though. We would think he was going to be a big dog. Gordon gets over the fence in time. We learn, however, that the junkyard guy knows who they are. And we learn a little bit about Teddy's dad. Yeah. Teddy defends his dad till the end, which I have mad respect for, even though certain things and stuff. Well, even though his dad did a lot, but we find out that his dad stormed the beaches of Normandy. You know, he was there on D-Day for World War II, which the guys that were there that day that, that survived that day, let me mm-hmm. tell you, they didn't come back home the same. There was no way they did. And I'm not excusing anything, like I said before, mm-hmm. about what Teddy did, or excuse me, Teddy's dad did to Teddy. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that he would sit there defending his dad, because I think he knew the reality of just what it was to be. Mm-hmm. Um, his dad was a hero, you know? Um, speaking of which, um, I think this would be a good time to take a break. What do you think? Yeah, man, I'm down. All right, man. Uh, we will be back in just a few minutes. See ya. And we're back. And we're back. Did did you interrupt me, sir? And we're back. Okay. Anyways, (laughs) we come back with Gordon making a really stinking good point. Yeah. He says, if we're going to go see a dead body, maybe it shouldn't be a party, which is very sad and also very true. Yeah. And I completely understand where he's coming from as well, because I think, you know, obviously there is kind of, you know, the level of excitement that kind of goes along with the adventure. But I think there were kind of going about it the wrong way. So mm-hmm. that kind of sentiment, I think, made a lot of sense. And then the tattoos and razor blade scheme, which oh. is really hard to watch. Yeah, it's just... Uh, it's so unsanitary and just looks like it hurts, man. Yeah. <laughs> and the older kids are still just, you know, being dumb. And then some of the kids are just, like, starting to, like, seriously start, like, dropping, like, little hints. Yeah. That they know I something. think it's starting to eat at... Well, um, it was um, Vern's brother mm-hmm. in particular that I think wanted to spill the beans. But yeah. his partner was like, no, dude, just be quiet. Mm-hmm. And if... And then they start, like, uh, doing, like, cool $2,000 bets. And then Ace makes a really, li- really good line, which makes sense. <laughs> From Ace, anyway. Mm-hmm. If either of you two guys had $2,000, I'd kill you both. <laughs> it's such a savage line, dude. Oh, my gosh. Brutal. And then we get the lollipop song. Oh, yeah. Lollipop, lollipop. Oh, lollipop, lollipop, lollipop. Oh, lollipop, lollipop. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, man, I messed up the... Ah, there it is. There you go. Boom, boom, boom. You know, I... Did that bit. I, you've seen me do it around the house. That's where I got it from was this movie. Nice. Yeah. And then um, they're just talking in the back, Gordon and Chris. And then a fight that I don't really understand or would never make. But the Mighty Mouse versus Superman. Oh, the conversation mm-hmm. between Vern and Teddy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. I think we're not giving Mighty Mouse enough respect here. Okay. No. I, I think Mighty Mouse would give Superman a fight. Yeah. Okay? I'm, t- I'm telling you right now. Mighty Mouse had the strength of several million Mises. Mice? Mice? Mice. Yeah, right? Mice. That's the plural? Mm-hmm. Which is hilarious. Anyway, so uh, I think in a 15-round fight, I think it's going to the cars. I think it's going all 15 rounds. It's a decision. Probably to Superman. But I may, I think one of the guys is going to have Mighty Mouse winning on a card. I'm just going to throw it out there. I'm actually not a big Superman fan, so going for Mighty Mouse. Hey, all right. <laughs> that man's where it's at, baby. Hey. <laughs> and then um, Chris is really wanting the best for Gordon. I'm just like, you're in the Mount Rushmore friends. You know, well, what's a president's face we can remove? Actually, none of them because they're all kind of good but um mm. you know in today's council culture i'm sure somebody could get removed probably all of them who knows <laughs> that being said um hall of famer friend 
okay? Mm-hmm. Like, on the level of Benny the Jet, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, these guys are neck and neck as, like, Hall of Fame friends to have in your life. But I think this is the part where he was, like, saying, like, Gordon, now you don't need to be hanging out with us, dude. We're mm-hmm. just going to bring you down. We're, like, low lives. And I think Gordon's sticking up for them and seeing the potential, especially in Chris. Mm-hmm. And we find out that Chris benefits from this, I think, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, is really, really cool. Oregon's beautiful. Yeah, it is. And then the train bridge scene. Oh, my favorite scene in the movie, dude. And also, time for Dad's favorite part of the podcast. <laughs> Would this movie be better with a Clash song in it? And the answer is always... Yes. Always yes, except for one movie that we did a couple of weeks ago. But don't worry about that. It's not that important. Anyway, hmm. in this movie, it would be better with one song. And it involves two very important pieces. A train and the title of the movie. Okay? We play a... Well, actually, I have another song, too. Oh, okay. Uh, Stay Free, too, would work. Oh, Stay Free is good. Oh, I like that, dude. But I think, in this, I think in this point, Train in Vain, Stand By Me, is, mm-hmm. is the song we put in there for sure. I'm a little too on the nose, though. It is a little too on the nose. Stay Free is really good. That's, that's a sneaker, dude. I've been thinking about it all day, actually. All right. All right. I'm not mad at it. And then also... Well, as you heard, one of Dad's favorite scenes in the movie. Um, Vern, stop crawling on the... If a train comes, it's going to destroy your butt. Vern? It... Okay, can we also... You know what? I don't want to go over it too quickly because I love this scene so much. But obviously, there's really not much to it. But question... As soon as we got to this part, knowing that there's possibly a train coming, mm-hmm. why do we not start out in a sprint or running mm-hmm. anyway? You know what I mean? Please just answer me that. Why do we not start running from Jump Street? Uh, you just start running? I mean, this is what I'm talking about. Like, we already should have started running. Okay, mm-hmm. and Vern, why are you crawling? Why? And then this, and then he loses the cone, which is very well deserved. <laughs> I mean, I, the last thing I'm worried about right now is a freaking cone falling down because this idiot is it's crawling just... on the train tracks, my son. <sighs> and then the train starts coming, as we predicted. Yeah. And all the boys start running like they actually have common sense. Right, right. Except for Vern, who just gives up and dies. <laughs> or he just, I, I, no, not dies, but just wants to die because it's like, I can't make it. I can't make it. Well, you don't make it if you don't start running, Vern. And then Gordy pushes Vern off the train and takes his greatest train dodge of all time. Yeah, Teddy, that's right. Teddy comes out. He's like, it's the, it's the greatest train dodge of all time. It really, really is. Oh, yeah. Because they were in through an inch of their life. Okay? <laughs> and then. Vern trying to con- convince the boys he wasn't scared. Oh, yeah. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. He's like, oh, yeah? Oh, yeah, you're not scared? Well, why don't you show me the insides of your jockeys and still see the Hershey squirts? <laughs> Teach! I love that description of, you know, of doing the number two in your pants. Because mm-hmm. I, like I said, I've stolen so much stuff from this movie. I use that line constantly. Oh, my gosh. Cooking me on a stick is funny. Vern loses it because he was cooking it wrong, which it probably makes it funnier. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and then the pie eating story scene, I love. So it's about this kid named Davy Hogan, mm-hmm. who everyone calls him Lard Beep, but yeah. in this I'm just gonna call him Lard Butt. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a tough scene. Yeah, you. This is a. Uh... My favorite. This is your fa- is this your favorite scene in the it's movie? It's my second favorite. Okay, all right, right on. Um, and obviously he goes to a pie eating competition to have some redemption. Uh, so, well, and revenge. Yeah. Revenge. As, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, redemption and revenge are basically the same word. Mm, not really, but okay. Anyway, they both start with R and E. Yes, because that's the similarities we need to go for. <laughs> but um, he is actually doing really well. And he, but we go back and we see what he was planning. He drinks some castor oil and eats a raw egg. Yuck. 20 million times infinity. Mm-hmm. Just nasty. And then the ultimate barfarama. Oh, the 
I mean, this is like the holy grail of bar scenes, okay? Just so nasty and brilliant. And then the whole time as he's watching him, he's just sitting there back, just enjoying what he created, (laughs) this nastiness. But the storytelling Mm -hmm. by Gordy is really, really good. And the fact that like all his buddies are just like, dude, tell us a story because they know how brilliant he is. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, Vern alludes to the fact that he doesn't want a horror story read because he just couldn't handle that. Huh? Oh, I, uh? I, I think I know who he is now. <laughs> <clears throat> His name starts with an S. <laughs> and then Teddy doesn't like the ending. I think the ending is absolute brilliance. I, I agree. Like, calling him Lord Butt shouldn't be... You should call him Big Brain. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because he thought of everything. He thought of everything that would create a throw-up. And they made a chain reaction, baby. Absolutely. Domino effect. And that's it. Like, that's how the story ends. He <laughs> gets his revenge. Move on, Teddy. Mm-hmm. And then the topics they talk about are just perfect. Mickey's a mouse, Donald's a duck, Pluto is a dog. What's Goofy? Another dog? But, and then, uh, oh, which, who made it? Was it um, Chris? I think Chris made it where he said that um, he wears a hat and drives a car. How can he be a dog? That makes amazing sense mm-hmm. because obviously if Pluto's a dog, mm-hmm. but Pluto can't drive a car, nor does he wear a hat. So what is Goofy? That's a great question. What else do they talk about? Um, actually, and then what's your favorite? What's the one food you eat for the rest of your life? Yes. Easy donuts. Really? Especially one kind of donut. Round rock donuts. Oh, that would be, that'd be a good one. I think I'd go with sandwiches. Ah, ah, yes, yes, sandwiches. It's... Actually, can I change to burritos? No, no, you already did it. No, no you already burritos. Did it. No, you already burritos. did it. Burritos. <laughs> burritos are better than sandwiches. And then the wolf scene is next. Oh, dude. Freak me out, dude. Get me out of there. Mm-hmm. And then they decide to uh, take guards, which is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Teddy takes the first look. This is my favorite scene in the movie, where he's acting like a 007 James Bond. I didn't realize this was your favorite scene in the movie. It makes sense. <laughs> this is 007. He does taps at the end. <laughs> Shut up, Teddy! We're trying to go to sleep! <laughs> Vern was next, and that didn't work out well, did it? The worst guy to have on guard, okay? I'm telling you, if I got up to go wee in the middle of the night, I'm gonna get shot in the butt by Vern, Okay. <laughs> And then Chris was next, and he saw Gordy having a nightmare. Gordy's nightmare was about um, his bro getting buried and his pop saying, it should have been you, Gordy. Yikes. Tough, Tough, dude. So tough. And Chris is super concerned. And we find out Gordy didn't cry at the funeral. Yeah. I I don't think he had it in him yet, you know? But we also find out that he started crying there mm-hmm. because he completely misses his brother. And then now, and then we start, and then Chris has a moment. And um, <clears throat> no one gives him, no one gives him a chance. Yeah. And like, and they just start thinking he's a loser. Yeah. And they all assume that he stole the milk money. Yes. Chris stole that money, but he actually felt bad and turned it back in. He did. But the old lady, um, the his teacher, Miss Simmons or Mrs. Simmons, yeah, um, yeah, I think it was kept the money for herself and came to school with a new shirt. Can you flip and believe that, dude? That okay? Teddy did it. We don't condone that, obviously. Or not Teddy, excuse me, Chris did it, and and we obviously don't condone that at all. But the fact that he had enough integrity to come back and return it to someone that he was supposed to trust Mm -hmm. in a teacher. And that teacher in turns uses that money to buy herself something for her is beyond reproach. It is just an awful, awful thing. I totally agree. And then Chris, you... And the Chris does the good thing, still gets punished. Yeah. Yep, he does. And uh, that she gets to come in with a new blouse or skirt or whatever it was, yeah. And then Chris had no chance of redemption just based off his name alone. Yeah. It's sad. 
it's sad. It's but it's interesting that a name really is very important. Mm-hmm. You know. And then finally, Gordy had to come in and take care of him. And then we have the deer scene where Gordy's on watch, and he just sits there and look at the beautifulness mm-hmm. of that deer. Oh, so brilliant! And he kept that. He never told anyone mm-hmm. until that story came out, yeah. which I thought was really neat. That w- that was probably the best bit. Mm-hmm. The train wakes up the boys. They continue to walk, and they get to the royal and start and decide to take a shortcut. Yeah, to go through the forest. Mm-hmm. And Vern wants to take the long way. Hey, I'm gonna say something that references last episode. Vern, you're an L7 weenie! (laughs) (laughs) That's good, dude. You don't know what's in those woods. And then Ace and the crew finally find out about the dead body and get the same idea as the boys. Yeah, they sure do. Those guys finally squealed. Mm -hmm. And then back to the boys, and now they're in um, a deep marsh. <laughs> and then, um... Oh, dude. Oh, oh dude. Uh, this is my... I want to say it's my second favorite scene in the movie, Deej. What's your first? The first one was the train scene. Oh, the one okay. where they had to run yeah. across a bridge. I just love that one. The, the leech scene. Dude. Where they decided to go and start going around in some gross water. That's Number nasty. one. Weird idea. Yeah. Number two. Leeches. Ugh. And then Dad started talking about what you thought about the scene. As you heard, Dad doesn't like it. <laughs> I mean, I I thought the scene the scene was incredible. Like the fact that they're sitting there, and then they start roughhousing as you do in the water, and then they get on top and they're holding each other in the freaking um, uh, headlocks and all this stuff. And all of a sudden, they're like, "Vern, you got something on your neck?" Ha ha ha! No, I don't. No, Vern, seriously, you got leeches. And then, dude, it's they're totally stripping down. And then, they're just yeah. ripping. And then all of a sudden, Gordy. Gordy, because... Gordy, you sweet, sweet soul. I would have done the same thing, because... Yeah, because he finds a leech in his private area. And he pulls it out, and he's just like... And then that's it. He faints. He's done. Like, no, get me out of here, please and thank you. Oh, it is? Yes. Okay. Well... We'll be done in just a minute, sissy, okay? Okay. I love you. I love you, too. Okay, we'll talk to you in a second. Um, okay. Love you. Bye. <laughs> As you can see, we just broke the fourth wall. <laughs> <laughs> and then the boys finally find the back road. Oh, sorry. Actually, I messed up. Uh, let me go back a little bit. Um... Ace is a master chicken player. Oh, yeah. And the way he does everything is so brilliant. Like, he never flinched. Mm-hmm. He was never going to veer off. That truck was going to go off or they were going to die. Because mm-hmm. Ace is a wackadoo. Mm-hmm. Honestly, he might be up with Teddy's father up there. <laughs> oh, that's cold. My bad, my bad. Um, And then, the, then, fast forward, Vern finds the body. Ray Browser was found... By the boys, and the boys think the train hit him, knocked him right off his knees. Yeah, or yeah, they. Uh, I think the the line was is uh, it knocked him right out of his kids, which is that's a very brutal, brutal scene. And then the boys are shocked, and this is the only scene I cried at. Yeah. And Dad had to like pause the movie and like come over and comfort me. Well, I think it's pretty tough because I mean that kid was your contemporary he was your age so mm-hmm. it's like basically seeing you on that screen you Actually, know what i mean what i did see yeah i mean that's it it had to been tough and of course i was going to be there to hold you but um you know it, 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 i think it's meant for shock mm-hmm. you know what i mean and um it was a very amazing scene though uh, just uh, the fact that those guys were sitting there kind of trying to figure out you know what they should do like what their next move is and stuff it's all very very cool and then ace is threatened by or and then the other gang shows up and then ace threatens or is threatened by teddy and chris at first and then um at first and then um Vern gets scared because he was being a weenie yeah and then he just takes off yeah he's he's gone yeah (laughs) And then Ace pulls out a knife, and Teddy takes off. 
And well, I, I, not a, yeah, he does. That's yeah. right. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. And then Chris just stays there, and Ace is about to kill him. But then Gordy fires the gun like he's James Bond firing the golden gun. <laughs> <laughs> right in the air. Yep. Mm-hmm. Just to scare him. And everyone's shook. Everybody's like, dang. And Gordy says no one's taking the body. I really do think Gordy would have shot him. Oh, Ace? Mm-hmm. 100%. He would have absolutely got him. And then Ace says, what are you going to do? Shoot shoot up, shoot us all up? And then Gordy says, no, Ace. Just you. Cold-blooded. Savage, but I respect mm-hmm. it. And then the boys cover the body after discussing what to do. And then they go back home and leave an anonymous um, tip as yeah. to where the body was. Yep. Yeah. And then Ray Brower's finally found, and the boys were gone two days. How is someone worried looking for them? Okay, once again, we have a movie with crap parents. Mm-hmm. Okay, those guys are gone for two days, and there's not a watch party going out for these kids. I'm sorry. If you were gone for two days, I'm going nuts trying to find you. <laughs> like you're getting SWAT teams. Oh, my gosh. That's, it's just, that's just silly parenting. And then we, um, they kind of do in the style that uh, Sandlot did, where everyone grew up. Yeah, yeah. They um, kind of talk about their endings, mm-hmm. yeah. Vern got married out of high school, four kids, and has a work on and works on a forklift. Mm-hmm. Teddy tried to get into the army but didn't make it. Spent some time in jail and works odd jobs in the area. Chris worked hard and got into law school. Mm-hmm. He died trying to break up a fight, a good due to the end. And this loops back to what we saw in the newspaper. The newspaper article is say Christopher Chambers dies. Yeah. And guess who Gordy becomes? Stephen King! (laughs) Actually, I'm going to say it's Stephen King. I don't know if you're ever going to listen to this. I hope you do. That'd be dope. But you are the hero of this movie. Yeah, it's a really fantastic story. Absolutely fantastic story. So, um, who do you think you would have been in this movie? Hmm. Probably Chris. Yeah, I'd like to think I was Chris too, but I'd probably have been burned. (laughs) would have been Chris, man. Do you think the Sandlot boys and these kids would have got along? Oh, I think so. Oh, uh, Alright, here's a fight I can bring up. Who cussed more in their movies? Oh, I think this movie definitely cussed more than Sandlot. <laughs> uh, I have a follow-up question. Mm-hmm. Or not a follow-up question to that, but another question. Who do you think was the better friend? Benny or Chris? Gosh darn it. It's hard because they were doing two different things. Okay, sure. Um... What are we going to go off of just to make it easier? Ah, I, I just, just based off of the movies, like, who do you think was the better friend out of the two? Okay. I'm going to say Chris, only because he saved someone from a train. I think Benny would have done the same, but, you know, I'm going to say I think Chris was a really, really good dude, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, anyway, guys, that was the movie. Um... Thanks for listening. <laughs> yeah, as always. Uh, yeah, we almost have a thousand listeners. Right, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate every listening that we get. Um, we want to uh, say that the next movie is going to be a cheese aroma. Okay, I'm talking about Queso Fountain, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> the beautiful movie that is Flight of the Navigator. Uh, check it out before next Monday and. Uh, hopefully you can join us for the discussion. Um, for the Deej, I am the dad. Remember, uh, be kind and... Smile at someone today because you never know what's going on during this crazy time. All right, guys. Peace. Adios.